Okay, we're recording. All right, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to our show. <laughs> okay. Hello, Jasmine. Hello, Andres. Hello, Hello, Andy. Hey, guys. Black Hello. Lives Matter. Black Lives Yes. So, real quick. This is the second time we're recording this episode. Just so you know. <laughs> we lost the audio. We lost the audio in the last one. So, so we'll see how this goes. It's probably going to be less organic. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's you know, I'd say it's a collective of me and Andy's fault. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm too uh, far away. Yeah. Jasmine was not a part of it. I, it I don't matter. know how you <laughs> record my bad guys. So we'll see. You know, maybe we'll reference something we said last time. Maybe we won't, but that's just you know, just so you know. I already forgot everything. You already I forgot. Said. I forgot most of the stuff that yeah, we said I ta- too. Same. Usually, I talk yeah. out of my butt. All right. So. <laughs> Uh, so with that being said, welcome to or watching the movies. I forgot to say that. Yeah, that's the name of the podcast because we watch movies and we're Mexican. So the premise of this podcast mm-hmm. is it started with you know me just showing Jasmine movies because she, she used to be a film buff, right, Jasmine? Uh sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now she's not. Andres over there. Hi. He's you a, you a, like movies? He's right? a film enthusiast. film enthusiast. I'm working my way to film buff. Yeah, and I'm I'm the quote unquote you know film buff. Sure, sure. Whatever. I'm a terrible expert though because I don't know much. That's I all. Forget that's all. everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> just a bunch uh, of idiots watching movies together, yeah. you know. And we're trying to become better film lovers, but I'm I'm forcing Jasmine to do this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. With that being said, Jasmine, what movie are we watching today? Today, we are watching Moonlight. Who is you, Sharon? I'm on time, try not to remember. Try to forget all those times. At some point, you gotta decide for yourself who you're gonna be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. You won't tell him why the other boys kick his ass all the time. What's wrong? I'm good. No. I just seen good. And you ain't it. Spoilers. Of course. So this is directed by Barry Jenkins, and the screenplay is also written by him. This is adapted from an unproduced play. In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue by Terrell Alvin McCranny. He also has a story credit. It features Mahershala Ali, Trevante Rhodes, Ashton Sanders, Janelle Monet, Jarrell Jerome, Naomi Harris, and Andre Holland Holland. Its budget is between $1.5 million and $4 million. It's probably closer to $1 million. And it made $65.3 million at the box office. It was nominated for... Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score, Best Cinematography, Best Film Editing at the Oscars, and it won for Supporting Actor, Adapted Screenplay, and of course, Best Picture, the whole, contra- the, whatever, the moment yes. that they messed up. Fiasco. Fiasco, yeah, very famous. Do you think people still remember that? Oh, hand- of course. I feel like it's just, you know, us now. <laughs> no. Uh, I feel like you can't let that down, you know? Yeah. That's a pretty big mistake. I, w- I want them to do something like that again. On purpose or like... Yeah. <laughs> and then just commit to it. Yeah, just commit to it. And then after it, yeah. the fact, go, well, 
like yeah. do it in private. We don't yeah. want to what happened with Moonlight and La La Land again. So yeah. so this yeah, yeah. yeah. It has a ninety eight percent score in Rotten Tomatoes, seventy nine percent audience score. Consensus is Moonlight uses one man's story to offer a remarkable and brilliantly crafted look at lives too rarely seen in cinema. A look at three defining chapters in the life of Chiron, a young black man growing up in Miami. His epic journey to manhood is guided by the kindness, support, and love of the community that helps raise him. Okay. So, me and Andres have seen this movie before. Yeah, multiple times. So, uh, I just want to ask, Andres, do you remember the first time you watched this? I do. Yeah, do you want to go <laughs> into detail about it? About the first time I watched it? Yeah, or like my time. expectations of the movie first? Yeah, you can talk about whatever. Yeah. Right. So, before I watched this movie... It was right after the whole Oscars thing happened. And I saw a lot of negative comments about the movie and how La La Land was way better. And they people were surprised how this was was the winner. Yeah, and La La Land of, had white people. <laughs> so a lot of negativity. So I went into this movie with high, uh, low expectations. And I was completely blown away. Such beautiful reactions, honestly. Yeah, my Amazing. my brother was telling me how because he was there when, with you guys, right? Yeah, and he was how also his drunk. ex um, kicked you guys out, apparently. Right after we watched that movie. Oh wow! No, yeah. no, 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 was it that? No, it was I think that was, that was a different day. That was a different day. Anyways, the first time I watched it, I was seventeen. Part of the Cinemark uh, movie marathon that they had, that they have every year, and uh, I didn't like it the first time because. I was in a theater with like two old people talking throughout the whole thing. There was a guy adding dialogue in. He'd be like, "Yeah," like he'd just be like telling me the the, the thoughts of the characters or what he thought the thoughts of the characters were. Um, and also, that was like the last movie that day. I've seen like three movies before, and I was burnt out already. Uh, that being said, I like I I thought about it more throughout, and I started really liking it and then it sort of slowly became one of the most impactful films for me in terms of artistry and in, and in life and stuff you know so yeah uh jasmine what were your expectations so i would say they were pretty neutral going in obviously i knew about the whole la la land moonlight fiasco at the oscars um but that, other than that i kind of knew it was a coming of age story um, I knew it was about, uh, like the story of a young black man. Um, I didn't know necessarily the setting. Um, and for whatever reason, I thought it was, had to do something with like ballet. ballet yeah. And it's probably because of the trailer. The trailer he's, uh, he's dancing. And right? yeah, and there's classical music. So I thought like it was yeah. him about gonna, it was going to be about him trying to break out of his, what's called social economic status. Yeah. And like do something else yeah like billy elliott or something sure yeah uh, i've never seen billy but sure yeah yeah <laughs> so i thought that's what it was going to be about um you weren't expecting a traditional gangster film for sure you knew it was like a different no, no. Thing. Yeah, yeah i kind of sensed just because the feel of the trailer was not i guess it didn't yeah. make it seem like the movie was going to head in that direction because i feel like a lot of people thought that that's what it was going to be and of course that ended up being something else um so uh, let's get your gut reaction, Jasmine. W- what did you initially feel? Feel as watching, I was watching this movie? It, yeah, it was a very um, somber movie. Yeah, 
with moments of hopefulness. Um, so I guess I think I said yesterday it was like bittersweet. Yeah. I still stand by it. I think it was a very bittersweet movie. Um, had a lot of heartfelt moments, a lot of heart wrenching moments, but overall, I really, I think I really liked it. I think out of this, all the movies we've seen, this is probably my second favorite. Yeah, the first is Grand Budapest. Yeah, the Grand Budapest. Second favorite. All right. Uh, what were your first? You know, we talked about your first reaction to it, right? Yeah, I was completely blown away by yeah. this film. <laughs> and does it still hold up? How, what what viewing is this for you? I want to say third or fourth. Okay. How does it How does it feel? You know now. It just gets better and better, you know. Yeah. Same. This is like the fifth time I've watched it, and you know, I just you notice things, and you just keep on noticing. There's a lot of detail in this film. Yeah. 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 And that being said, uh what were your favorite scenes of the movie? So my favorite scene of the movie is during the first act of Little, when Chiron's still a little kid, and he's sitting at the table with Juan, and he asks him, "What's a faggot?" Faggot is a word used to make gay people feel bad. Am I a faggot? No. No. You could be gay, but you gotta let nobody call you no faggot. I think it's a very powerful scene, very impactful. I love the way um the character of juan handles that moment and the line he tells him like you can be gay but don't let anyone call you that mm-hmm. and it's amazingly acted like i love both juan and chiron yeah. especially chiron here because he's a little kid yeah and little kid actors usually suck <laughs> yeah and he's absolutely fantastic in this and it's just a really great scene and immediately after that when he asks Juan, if he sells drugs and if his mom does drugs and he just walks away and we just left there looking at Juan, he's clearly like upset about the whole thing. Yeah, like he's very vulnerable, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just feel for him, I think, in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin? Um, So I think you guys yesterday pointed out some really great scenes. And I think they might, I might prefer them over the ones I said, but I'm just going to say the ones I said anyways. Yeah. Um, so my two scenes that I thought were very memorable for various reasons. Um, I really like the scene with, I think it was the thir- uh, second chapter with Chiron, where it was after he had been beaten up by Kevin and um, his yeah. bullies gang or whatever. Yeah, Terrell. Terrell. Um, and he had just like, I was after he dunked his face in the ice water and then he just lifts his face back yeah. and there's this close up of him and it's all like, is it, it's very quiet, but mm-hmm. you can see like kind of like the static of the light or something. I don't know. There's a, I really like the way it was shot visually. I thought it was very compelling to the moment and what it signified for Sherelle. Cause I was like that instant you knew like there was a change that went like had gone through him. Yeah. Um, like that's his, um, that's when he hardens. That's or when decides. yeah. That's when he decides. Yeah, I'm gonna try to yeah build myself up as yeah. someone else. Yeah. Um. So I really liked that one. Um. And then the other one I really liked was the moment with in the black chapter where he visited his mom in like the drug rehab center. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had that very like vulnerable heart to heart moment. I messed up. I mean, I fucked it all the way up. I know that. 
But your heart ain't gotta be black like mine, baby. I love you, Sharon. I do. I love you, baby. I mean, you ain't gotta love me. Lord knows I did not have love for you when you needed it. I know that. So you ain't gotta love me. But you gonna know that I love you. And I, for me, it was significant, too, because that's... I, first time I kind of we see him be vulnerable with his mom because be and also his mom be vulnerable with him because prior to that whenever he interacted with his mom it seemed to be he seemed to be very like disconnected from her yeah and then she was very almost antagonistic towards him um in the past so I really like that moment because we can see how like their relationship starting to heal heal I suppose yeah yeah that's a good word well, yeah, she obviously wants to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for uh, she wants him to forgive him. Yeah, yeah, forgive her. Yeah. Uh, so for me, my my favorite scene is um, right after Little learns to swim. Not n- that's a great moment as well when the music is rising and you know all that. It's beautiful. But my favorite scene is right when uh, Juan is telling them, uh, telling Little about how he's from Cuba. This old lady. She said, running around, catching a boy that light. In moonlight, black boys look blue. You blue. That's why I go call you. Blue. Say your name, Blue. some point you gotta decide for yourself who you gonna be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. And that line is so striking. And it, it you know, it's sort of a line that that sat with me even the first time when I didn't like the film. I was like, man, this scene, this scene is is amazing. That that's the scene in the movie for me. That's like I feel like if you you think about movies and you think about just one scene that's probably the 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 scene right i feel like but what did you guys notice in terms of the filmmaking elements of like you know we talked about cinematography and editing and Mm -hmm. sound and score and all of that what was the first things that you noticed while watching this just on your own without the videos that i showed you guys i think for sure it'd be cinematography and score Mm -hmm. what would you say andy yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I'm trying to remember what I said yesterday. It's really hard honest. to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, like, um, I think the camera angles, or not angles, is that correct? I guess the camera um, style was the first thing I noticed, like, in the first probably 10 minutes, especially because in Chir- the Chiron chapter, especially, there are these moments where I don't know if it was filmed with like a, a handheld camera. Yeah. But you can see like those, sh- um, sh- that shakiness. Um, and at first I was like, oh, is it because it's like an indie movie that it's like this? Like, uh. and then I was like, oh, wait, it's not all of this is shot this way. I was like, okay, yeah. it's, it's purposeful. Yeah. And then what I hadn't noticed, um, 
that was I think one of the videos you sent us. Yeah, the, the screen screen prism yeah, video. It was yeah. um the smoothness and how that was whenever he was like when Juan was on the screen, there's like that smoothness yeah. and that connect like the smooth transitions and the connectedness and his confidence was all symbolic through the camera angles. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of effort wow. put into this. Yeah. <laughs> like a very thoughtful approach to cinematography rather than just shooting it this this and that it was yeah, like, like all helped invoke yeah emotions throughout the story and yeah. i was like man that's crazy yeah. <laughs> oh it blew my mind because like wow yeah i like that youtube channel uh they're two white girls and they're you know very good very good. i think they like they have master's degrees in english or film or something so they changed the name of the it. channel, right? Like it's yeah, called the, the take, take now. It's called the Take Now, yeah. which I don't like the name of it. Yeah, Screen Prisms <laughs> was a cool name. Yeah, like, yeah. why is it called the Take Now? Uh, because they wanted to talk about um, other stuff, not about movies or TV. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. happens. Yeah, but anyways, yeah, great channel. Recommend it. I mean, they have a million subscribers. I, <laughs> they don't need our, <laughs> don't need our endorsement. <laughs> I watched them before they were big. It was like when they had like twenty thousand subscribers, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that didn't influence you guys too much, did it? No, I think it just. Like I, w- out of, I don't know if I've talked about this in I think other episode, uh, yeah, episodes. But some movies I wouldn't necessarily rewatch. But I think this one I could rewatch multiple to, to times and notice different things and different yeah. aspects. So for that, I think once I think you should watch the movie on its own. Yeah. And then if you, I think that this review really helps break down certain, um, yeah, not like not necessarily uh, like artistic elements and thematic aspects of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so I think if you watch it afterwards, then you can w- rewatch the movie multiple times and then see, like, how well crafted it is. Yeah, and I mean that's what like even I do that. I, I like I'm still subscribed to them. Whenever they make a movie, I uh, m- make a video about a movie. I watch it, and then I'm like, wow, I didn't, I never noticed any of these things. And that's what we should all do. Uh, you know, even if you're like the highest of the highest film buff, you know, the snobbiest of the mm-hmm. Marvel movies or shit sort of type <laughs> of film buff, you should, you know, you, you got to keep up with that sort of stuff and read analysis and stuff. What, 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 what did you notice on this? Your first, your first time no- watching this. Can you remember your first time watching this? What did you notice? Um, well, we talked about it last time when we first filmed this, recorded this. That I noticed the blurriness in the background, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but since I was drinking, I was a little confused. Like, <laughs> is that to pur- pur- purposely blurry, or am I just seeing things? But then eventually, I kind of like, all right, this is purposely supposed to look this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that's one of the first things I noticed on my first viewing. I think I missed a lot of things though on my first viewing. Obviously, yeah, I was drinking. So. Yeah, and it's hard to catch things in your first viewing anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, that was something else I had noticed too—the blurriness in the yeah. background. YouTube, and i also kind of like i don't know i speculated on to what that might mean uh what did you say last time um so my theories my one my first one being that it's supposed to be symbolic of how this is a character driven story so mm-hmm. the emphasis is on the characters and not their surroundings right but i also feel like kind of like their surroundings kind of affect their decisions in the story yeah. so i was like mm, i don't know then maybe in other, that moment yeah. it, it was it's just, just them it could yeah. be yeah I think where I noticed it the most was that beach scene with um, yeah, Juan, Juan and, and Chiron. Yeah. And because it was like a very intimate moment between them and a very like defining moment in the relationship. Yeah. Um, but it could also mean, because I, I feel like this movie, and I think Andy mentioned it too, is very um, surreal and dreamlike. So maybe it adds to that. Yeah. What What did you say about it being dreamlike? Like, what was the importance of that? Um, I remember a little bit. I'll, I'll help yeah. you it. So... 
Well, what I had said was that for me, I I had like a sense of like disassociation with Chiral. And then Andy had really good examples. One was with Paula and then the other one was with Kevin. Do you remember those ones? Yeah, I remember talking about that. (laughs) Do you want me to expand on it? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to steal your thunder. So in in that scene, it's in the the second act with Chiron. And we see Paula, and she's asking him, like, where were you last night? After she told him, you have to find somewhere else to stay. Yeah. And she's clearly, you know, um, coming off from her high. Yeah. And we see a close-up of her face, and she's talking, but her mouth isn't moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also cut very... Yeah, her, like, yeah. head's moving very erratic. And, yeah. like, it really helps to add to that um, crackhead energy, for lack of better <laughs> words. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I feel like you used a better word. I, I yeah, like, <laughs> I don't remember what I said. <laughs> you said it felt like a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, so this scene feels a lot more like a nightmare. And then the second time they do that is when, in the third act with Black, and he sees Kevin again for the first time. And this time, it's... um. It's not erratic movement, but it's still a close-up of his face. He's talking, but his mouth's not moving. But it's a lot more clean. Yeah, it's just then, one shot. There's no yeah. yeah. And then this time, it's more like a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a sort of fantasy fulfilled. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 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 We're getting in the hang of this. I yeah. think this is, this is like the first time we're doing something like this. Re-recording. Re-recording. Yeah. And it feels so odd. Yeah, but, we're like, what yeah. Did we, who said what? some good things? <laughs> <laughs> you guys should have listened to it, man. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, with that, yeah. Um, I guess I just want to add a little bit. Um, for me, sometimes those moments, because I felt like um, Chiral was a very like introspective and well, obviously quiet young man. Yeah. So I feel like for him those moments were a way of him from escaping his reality yes and trying to like disconnect from what was happening yeah and he didn't he never really liked the world around him no like he would leave like the boys playing around yeah he just, he just left he just, and, and all like it didn't seem like he had any friends right no like he, he sat alone yeah, in the lunch room yeah. it was just him right so he kind of like learned at a very young age to rely on himself and not yeah. to be seen by others especially because i guess he experience a lot of um because with chessel like um i don't know what that means <laughs> when you reject rejection okay, right. <laughs> uh, a lot of rejection from his community right yeah. so i feel like for him that was just an easier way it's of living like, yeah right? just like rejecting himself mm-hmm. from the community and like i think i don't know remember who mentioned it but like there were people in his life who gradually allowed him that little space where he could be himself oh that was in screen qu- prison video yeah, and then question, not question, but like kind of like try to figure out who he was. Mm. And obviously in um, in the chi- no, in the little chapter, it was Juan, Juan. and Teresa. Yeah. And then in the Chiron, it was also Teresa and then and Kevin. Kevin. And then in the, the black, it was, it was mom and Kevin. And, Kevin. and I think, yeah. um, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like, so uh, he's not, he's rejected from his community, but he's only sort of allowed to be himself. Yeah, by a few people throwing mm-hmm. him a lifeline. Yes, that's yeah. what you had said. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And man, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where else to go. Um, uh, a lifeline. So let's talk about. <laughs> do you guys have anything else to say about? Like, what did you notice? The notice. Um. Oh, the score. We haven't talked. Uh, that was yeah, another then. thing I really noticed. Um, 
because of the trailer, I guess I wasn't expecting like maybe like traditional like hip hop music to yeah. happen just because it was it seemed like very classical heavy. And there is that though. There yes, are yeah. there are some elements, but um, I think a lot of the score of the movie is very like violin heavy. Mm-hmm, I noticed mm-hmm. that. Um, I don't know any other. Um, yeah, like, maybe cello. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I really liked um, how they added to the atmosphere of the movie. Right. Because it was very, uh, I think it helped kind of like evoke like the emotional or mental state right. of what the character was going through at that moment. And we talked about like the, for me, my favorite piece of music was and uh, when he's learning how to swim uh, mm-hmm. and that is called the middle of the world. And it sort of starts off with the violin just going slowly, and then it builds up to da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. Um, and you said that that it makes it feel intense, like, yeah. yeah, like yeah. And yeah. I think you said it's not supposed to be like like the actual scene isn't like an intense scene because no, it's just it's just like very, floating yeah. on his back, and it's right? very with, calming. Yeah, it should be very calm. But it's it marks a very monumental moment for for uh, Chiron in his life. That's like very important part of his life. That's uh, well, the video talked about him being baptized. Yeah, which we, scene, which we um I didn't and, necessarily but, get it at the afterwards, but then like when I was watching the movie, but then I was like, well, is it because? And I talked about how uh, Juan Juan, Juan Bautista yeah. is like in the Bible; it's symbolic because he's the one who baptized Jesus. Right. So I don't know if there's like those kind of like biblical elements. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a scary sound too. Like you expect yeah. something terrible to happen. Yeah, I was like, this movie got me. Was like. What the hell am I trying to say? <laughs> this movie put me on edge um, just because of the music. I was expecting something bad to happen. And like, obviously bad things did happen, but I was expecting like death or like... Like a shark coming in? Yeah, like <laughs> ah, something. But it wasn't. And maybe it's also because I watched it in, with subtitles. <laughs> so oh, whenever right, the yeah. music would come up, I'd say somber m- instrumental music. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. It's like, okay. It's supposed to be a sad... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um... Yeah, so I don't really have anything else planned, right? I already, I've said that yeah. before. Um, what did we... Oh, oh, okay. You suggested we talk about the actors yeah. right after that. So let's talk about the actors again. Mm-hmm. Beautiful performances. What were you guys' favorite performances? Everybody did yeah, a great job. job. Yeah, even the teenage actors, even oh, the, the children. Everybody did such a good job. So what were your favorite performances in this movie? Um, my favorite were the three actors who portrayed Tyrone. I think they did a really great job. And a, I don't know if this is correct, but I read that the director didn't allow them to see each other's performances. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Because as, as I was watching it, especially with uh, when the black um, chapter started, I was like, this guy is like spot on to like how the previous actors um actually i I don't know there's such an interconnectedness between all three actors that i just like they they must have seen something or they must have talked with each other or something or maybe like director directed them and maybe that's partially what happened too but they did such a good job of embodying who tyrone was at his core throughout his whole lifetime like there's certain like idiosyncrasies that translated throughout the whole movie that was like yes it's it's they're different actors but it's the same person yeah, and there's like yeah, there's a consistency throughout yeah. there. The way that they act and the way that the they mannerisms, move, mannerisms, yeah, mm-hmm. the way that they like sort of look down. Yeah, and, so I was know. like, like you, you yeah. knew it was the same person. Yeah, and also like you just incredible. I think it's incredible that they like if they didn't look at them like at their performances, which I thought they did, because mm-hmm. that just makes sense to me. Yeah, like maybe they start with a child and then 
everyone else just sort of starts to mm-hmm. emulate them. But uh, yeah, I think it's just amazing that they all read the character that same way. Yeah. Or maybe Barry Jenkins directed yeah. them just exquisitely to yeah. the point where they, they were able to yeah. oh, get that I shit I got down. chills right now. <laughs> 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 it, it, was such, it was such a strong performance. And I'm just like, all three of them did such a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's great at the end. Just fantastic. Yep. Um, Naomi Harris is amazing. She's also British, mm-hmm. which I said that. Who was shocked? One of you guys I was, was shocked. shocked. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked. She's British. She was in James Bond, of course. She's, you know, uh, the, she was in the, um, she was the know. assistant or something. I don't know. Or the, I don't watch uh, James Bond. <laughs> I've only seen them once a while ago. Uh, but yeah, great, great accent. Fantastic accent. It's not only just like an American accent. Excuse me. It's like a very specific mm-hmm. sort of thing. And she like nails it because you wouldn't, you wouldn't tell. Oh, no. I, I had tell. no idea. Yeah, it's like when people find out that Christian Bell is British, you know, just, you know, congrats on that. And she also only worked on this for three days. Yep. Again, a just limited time frame. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know how you do that in three days, you know. And, she, and what's also surprising about her is that she managed to embody, like, her character in different ways throughout her lifetime as well. Yeah. And something we didn't touch on uh, yesterday, but I think, um, I think it was green prisons that, or take the take, whatever they are. Yeah. Um, talked about how the movie is like symbolic of how we are different people throughout mm-hmm. our phases or our, throughout, our throughout our lifetime. Yeah. And that's okay. And they, even with, um, Naomi, Naomi Harris, she is three, different she people. is three and she's not necessarily, she, we didn't see her as a child, just has a mother, how she, how she changed. changed. Yeah. Because she starts off, and that open oh, that first scene that we see her, she's not, she's probably doing drugs, but she's not like super. Yeah, addicted she still into it. has priorities. Like we see her with her uniform, so we yeah. We, so she's like works yeah. as a nurse or something, mm-hmm. um, and you know she's like very attentive to Chiron. Yeah. She's like where were you? Yeah, um, and then also like she's like no, you can't watch TV. Mm-hmm. You got to read something. Yeah, so it's like you know very taking care of him, uh, you know even giving him punishment and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and then later. Throughout even that, just that moment, yeah. that, that moment in his life, he starts um, going on a downward spiral. Yep. Um, and it's, it's I, I think, we talked about this, and I think that she does feel bad throughout the whole movie, that what uh, she's, she's aware that what she's doing is not good, and she's aware that she might be doing some damage to her son, because you see her sort of like... I think you see her feel ashamed that she's doing that. Yeah. You guys... Andy had, had some, um, some good points yesterday. I had said that I feel like she kind of resents him. Is that what I said? Yeah, she, like, she resents him for being gay. Yeah, like yeah. She, she has that one line when Juan catches him in the car and she's like, you know why everyone bullies him? Are you going to be the one to tell him? And things like that. And it felt like she's like... She blames him for being gay and like it's his fault he's getting bullied. You know, I think even though well, when I first watched it, I didn't I wasn't sure if I felt sympathetic towards her or not because I felt like cuz the ending scene really made me like okay, like she loves him, but she did a bad job. <laughs> she did a bad job she raising did a bad him. Job. Yeah. Um, but she acknowledges that. So I'm like, does that necessarily correct her wrongs? No. And she mm-hmm. and she also acknowledges that. She's like, I, I never, I didn't love you when you when needed, you needed to, it the yeah. most, right? But I, I still love you and I'll always be your mother. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. 
So I'm like, but I think that's just part of being a, a human, right? Is you make you mistakes. Just, mm, you make mistakes. Um, and you, oftentimes you hurt the people you love the most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, obviously at, at that point, it's dependent upon the person who you hurt if they want to forgive you or allow you into their life. Yeah. So I feel like, um, I think I see a lot of points what Andy said. Um, um, but I don't know if she was homophobic. I don't know. I think, and maybe just like a, if you're part of a culture that overly embraces like machismo, machismo, traditional um, masculine roles, it's just like, oh man, his life is going to be harder. It could be that, like, oh, I have to deal with this or something. Yeah. Like, rather than the way Juan and Teresa did it was very accepting, calm, yeah, calming, yeah. accepting, and like, we'll take it in strides. Yeah, you like, don't they're have like, to know. yeah, you don't have to know now. Um, you know, just yeah. you can be gay, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, right? and you know, like uh, she, the mom is putting him in a box already, and yeah. like he's gonna he's gonna be gay, and then they're like, well, you know, it's up to you. Yeah, it, yeah, you you get to choose your own. Yeah. Destiny. That's sort of like what Juan sort of presents them yeah. with that line that I talked about. It's like, you choose your own destiny. You choose who you are. Not just that, but you, you also choose the way people, I guess you don't choose the way people perceive you, but in the sense that he was saying. Um, you get to choose ways that make you look a certain way. Maybe, I don't no. Know. <laughs> I don't know. Cause, cause obviously, you get to choose the way you present yourself? Well, because he said you maybe. can be gay, but... Don't ever let anybody call, call you, you no, uh, mm, a racial, yeah. uh, not a racial, uh, uh, a homophobic slur. Yeah, yeah. a homophobic slur. Yeah. So it's like saying like, maybe like you have to respect yourself, maybe or, or embrace who you are, and then whatever people yeah. call you is there irrelevant. You yeah. That's good. That's that sounds good advice. That's you know. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Andy, what performances are like? Bam, bam, bam. So, obviously, all three people who play Chiron are amazing. Mm-hmm. But my personal favorite is the one that plays him when he's a teenager. Yeah. And I was thinking of why that one's my favorite one. And I think it's because he goes through all my least favorite scenes and he handles them really well. Yeah. Like, that scene when the mom is asking him for money and he's telling her, I don't have money. And his tone is, like, angry at first. Mm-hmm. He's, like, upset. And she's, like, yeah. forcing her hands, like, through his pocket and stuff. And then he's finally like, damn, fine, take my money. Yeah. And like you hear you hear like a little cracking his in his heart, voice. Yeah. yeah, like he's Yeah. His heart breaks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You got that scene. And then yeah. you got when Kev Kevin is beating him up and he's mm-hmm. telling him, Please just stay down and he keeps getting back up and you see it in his face like how upset he is at him. Yeah. Like he's I don't know if he's like upset at him and he's upset at the situation. Yeah, I think he's like disappointed and yeah. he's just tired like <sighs> Yeah. You just you see a lot of emotion in his yeah. face in that scene. And that's great. And then directly after that, yeah, when that. he's getting asked what happened, who did this to you? And he's like, you don't even know. Yeah. And he starts and breaking down it, again. The camera mm-hmm. just sticks on him. There's yeah. no cuts yeah. away. Yeah. And he, you know, so he, his yeah. performance specifically at that point is my favorite. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. It's a, it's a great one. And, and, in that, and in that moment, uh, Gerald Jerome, who is uh, Dominican, I think. You think he's Dominican. Is he, we said he was Kevin, right? He's Kevin, yeah. Okay. And he's you know a fellow Latino. Uh, I only knew that because he won an Emmy recently. Oh, okay. So, you know, congrats on him. He's 22. It makes me feel yeah. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> um, he won an Emmy and then he's like, damn woman. And I'm like, what, what, wait, what? <laughs> and I found out, oh, he's Latino. That's nice. great. It was nice. Yeah. Um, I think he does a great job 
of here because it feels like I know I've, I grew up with people like him mm-hmm. to act like him and talk about like fucking girls and you know oh she was giving me a blow job <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. damn Kevin hit me with that big <laughs> great line delivery I love that levity in that, that yeah. scene yeah um, and then you guys were talking about the last time that yeah. he was just putting up a fund or something Andy has a uh, head cannon yes I believe Kevin is completely gay not by yeah and i believe that during that scene he's acting super straight to you know pass yeah as you know i i assume a lot of guys do that yeah yeah i don't know enough about guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know well i, I i've talked to my, my friends in high school and middle school we talked about movies and video games and comic books we never really talked about Oh, innocent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, so something Andy also brought up yesterday. Andy brought some really great points yesterday. <laughs> it's a shame they're all gone. <laughs> um, he talked about how these performances were like really real, right? Like real life. Yeah, this movie feels like I'm just watching this documentary. Yeah, they feel they feel very raw and authentic, and I think it's very different from the films we've watched in the past. Because even then, like I think we uh, mentioned that uh, the Grand Budapest is that. The actor or the acting was like I think you said like they were like cartoon characters. Yeah, yeah. over the top. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it fits that style of movie, right? And then this one's very raw and authentic, and it makes sense because I think Guido was the one who brought this point that it's based on real people, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. It's it's uh, uh, semi autobiographical of the playwright's uh, life. Mm-hmm. So Juan's a real person. I don't know if they're the real names, but like obviously, like Kevin oh, yeah. is a real person, not you know, and Chiron is based on him himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so that's you know, it makes sense why they want to treat this with like a lot of realism because mm-hmm. you know, you can't, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't really have like a Grand Budapest style. That'd be with weird. This movie. That'd be really <laughs> That'd weird. Be very yeah. weird. And this movie is also, I'd say, it's also hyper stylized. Yeah. And its colors and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and its camera movements and everything. And I talked about how the colors remind me of, like, a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. Which you guys don't really watch. Yeah, I was like, um, huh? You don't have any <laughs> reference for that. But just super saturated. Like, Bad Boys 2, I think, has, like, almost the exact color palette of this. The most recent one? No, Bad Boys 2. I don't remember that one. <laughs> I haven't seen those movies in at least 10 years, I would say. <laughs> and it's just, like... Uh, I said how it's so those th- these colors are used for like a big event movie, mm-hmm. and this is a very intimate movie. Yeah, and that's like, you know, sort of like showing that these intimate moments in life are actually really big events. Yeah, for us. Yeah, for us. Yeah. You know, beautiful. Yeah, and also like a lot of the camera move, like we talked about how the smoothness and Juan's. And, yeah. Yeah. So that's also like. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very all very intentional stuff. It's very interesting and beautiful to watch yeah it's a great experience to watch um and then uh we also talked about unless i don't know if you guys want to comment more on like acting or performances um but we also talked about um and i just forgot (laughs) (laughs) we're doing great guys uh dang it i forgot i don't remember (laughs) we talked about no it's in my way who wants to go? Oh my god! One thing Ugo brought up yesterday that I was blown away by is that the third act in this movie. So the movie's adapted by the screenplay, and the third act was written just for oh, the movie. Yeah. That part wasn't part of the screenplay, and like I, I was really surprised to hear that because it's right. like such an intimate story. 
I thought this whole thing was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, all together. Yeah. So I want to know, like, how the original one would have ended if it was yeah. a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. If it's. Well, I, well, the original playwright was a. Uh, he had writing, what's it called? Like, the, he contributed to the movie by something. Oh, he's a, he has a story credit. There we he go. That's what you credit. said. So, I mean, they must have, like, kind of, like, talked, talked about, about it. Talked about it, yeah. So, I'm, I'm sure it more or less went the way maybe he yeah. envisioned it to go. Yeah. Well, like, uh, so the playwright is, like, 30 right now. He's a, he's a, he's a professor at Yale. Oh, wow. So, yeah, of wow. playwriting. <laughs> uh, so, I think he wrote the first two parts of his life. But he, I think he was, like, going through the third part of his life uh-huh. so i don't think he was writing it and then they were like oh. but what would make sense for this character mm-hmm. and they, they they talked about okay making him hard yeah okay. so and, and i think you know that's great that's i think that's like the only part that's fictional ish mm-hmm. yeah so but even then it's it's done in a very um like realistic flow of things so yeah. i think if the way i in- first envisioned the movie going like with him being able to get out of like the, the social economic status he was in that would have been more like fairy tale like yeah because but in this real is, life this yeah. is yeah real life like yeah. most people don't yeah we stay in the social economic yeah. status that we were born yeah in. that's just reality yeah so I then i mean i honestly didn't necessarily expect him to become a drug dealer at the end um but and you he, wanted him to be like a I thought he was going to do something. I wasn't sure, honestly. This movie doesn't necessarily go the way I thought it was going to go. But I still really enjoyed the whole process. I guess I wanted more. More, more, more from, not more from Trevor, more. Like, I wanted him to lead a better life. Yeah, you wanted him to, like, rise above. Yeah, especially because he had such a hard young life that I wanted him to have an easier life. Yeah. And... I don't know. I feel like one of the parts of the movie that makes me kind of s- sad is that aspect that I feel like he wasn't able to break away. And if anything, his and that just happens with everyone too, right? Um, but like the life events caused him to become this hard person, right? Yeah. And put this front up because, and maybe that's just what he's learned throughout his life. Um, maybe one of the fronts he had when he was a child was to disconnect, right, and mm-hmm. to like. Um, be more introspective and like hide within himself and as an adult he learned that he needed to be hard and be this hyper masculine version mm-hmm. of himself that wasn't authentic but made it easier for him to live in yeah to adapt yeah. to his life yeah so i can um, and, and like i think i don't know who said this but like the movie does end like in a hopeful note right yeah because yeah. he was at the end he's like in, in the hands of someone that yeah cares for him yeah so i mean yeah i don't know but yeah yeah um. Do you have anything to add? No, I think that was <laughs> that was great. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Okay. Um, I did talk about how. So Juan is a Cuban man. Yeah. So he's not necessarily African American. He's Afro Latino. Afro Latino. He's Cuban, you know, and he. I guess. I guess he's an immigrant. It's not really discussed yeah. how he came here, but he sort of puts up a front of being mm-hmm. sort of like a you know african-american drug dealer yeah and sort of like ignoring kind of his history you know his his they culture bring, they it. bring certain elements about it like but it's not it's not part of his identity so much no yeah like what well, i mean yeah 
Yeah. And I still don't know what I want to say with that. I feel like there's something there, but he's like <laughs> sort of a, like he has his own identity crisis. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's some overlaps between like Hispanic cultures and African American cultures. Yeah. Well, in terms of like masculinity. Masculinity. Also, also, I think like religion is a, yeah. is a very important. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of minorities are very religious. religious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe there's some overlaps, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree that I don't necessarily feel like his um, Cuban heritage plays a a oh, lot yeah. into his identity. Yeah. And maybe it's just something he lost after he came came yeah, to the to American. Yeah. And I think it's not just that, it's also like there's a stark contrast between, you know, the idea of him being a drug dealer but also being like a very caring oh, and yeah. I a love very that sweet aspect person. Not a little aspect, but I love <laughs> I enjoy that it it's 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 it, it um humanizes. Yeah. It, just anyone right like yeah obviously certain at situations in life make you do things that you wouldn't see yourself doing and yeah. you don't necessarily want to do because you know the effects they have yeah on and other people and he yeah. acknowledges that yeah. right? like he, he feels horrible that mm-hmm. he's messing up chiron's life yeah. and you know that sort of affects him negatively mm-hmm. uh and i feel like so uh chiron excuse me i want to i want to sneeze right now no, it didn't come. Okay. <laughs> so Chiron sort of inherits his identity crisis, I think. Yeah. More or less. Um, because uh, that's sort of like talking about this, the, the the sort of like what it means to be a black man is just sort of passed down generations to generations. Mm-hmm. And you can see how like that, Yeah. you know, they're just putting up fronts to sort of meet that, mm-hmm. that stuff that's passed down to them. Um, and, uh, you know, it's sort of like foreshadowed yeah. throughout where... They're always like, like Juan is all like, I was like, I was just like you. I was a mm-hmm. white little shorty like you. And also Teresa, when he's a teenager, is like, you're just like Juan. You and him are two peas in a pod. It wasn't that. It was a different <laughs> saying. Yeah. Th- thickest thieves or something, whatever that means. Um, and then obviously, like at the end, we see him and he's built. He has a similar built to Juan. And then Jasmine said this thing, which really blew my mind. Do you remember what you said? No, I never remember. You don't remember? <laughs> Any smart thing so I say is just said, like... Wow. He was driving a car. Oh, Do you remember Cadillac? the car? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the, like the same car that Juan yeah. had. And also, like when he was driving from Chicago to Miami... Atlanta. From Atlanta to Miami. <laughs> 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 I don't remember a lot of details in movies. <laughs> um, uh, how Shit, it was, was playing it? Bad. He has the Spanish music. Yeah. Paloma. Yeah. Which is a Mexican song. Yeah. But um, I guess. What is su- the song about? It's like a sad song, too, right? Like uh, like a but, melody? Not a melody. A lullaby. Is it? I think so. I don't know. I don't know either. We, we know yeah. so much about our own culture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't remember what I said, but yeah. keep going. It's. Uh, so you said that that's sort of like him because. He's driving in that car as well. It's just sort of like he's evoking Juan. Yeah. In in that situation because it's a Spanish song and yeah. Juan is Cuban and you blew my mind with that. I was yeah. just like, Wow. I thought it was just because it was he's going to Miami and they were giving like a you know. <laughs> Did you catch up to that, Andy? Yeah, like yeah. I thought I saw him mimicking oh, Juan, yeah. you know? <laughs> man, I don't want <laughs> he wanted to be like him. Yeah. I didn't get that at all. I mean Yeah, because I mean overall Juan was a, a really influential and like a really good person. Yeah yeah he was like he's like a solid person that he knew he could rely on yeah i mean like not a lot of people in general 
would like see a scared kid running away and then be like go up to him and then yeah sort of see if he's okay mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> yeah Are there any it's themes? a shame he died oh yeah yeah <laughs> that line about him dying i felt it was so um like minimized yeah like there's no impact i was like yeah i don't know man it's you know it's probably Which, i guess it's yeah. real life yeah. But it made me a little upset because I was like, "What? It's just he's just gone like that." Because yeah. well, I love one. I love his character. It seems like he passed away not that long ago, right? Like maybe like a few months ago. They talked about his funeral, right? I thought it was yeah, yeah. Wasn't it like a, I thought it was like maybe two years ago or something? I don't know. I wasn't sure. I, I feel like it was, but it was still fairly recent, right? Yeah. So I don't. I feel like I don't know if that also kind of played into Chiron's descent. Descent. I said I don't want to say that word, but yeah, like kind of like it's like. That one, that one person who, not, not necessarily one, I guess he was probably the most. Yeah, he informed. was his father figure too. Yeah, him. like was gone, right? And then he had to go through the hardest, hardest part of his, of his life, life without, without, without it, right? And I think yeah. that really contributed to why, why he, why he, things kind of happened, right? Because he didn't necessarily yeah. have that person who was there. Yeah. Kind of like, may not ease things, but make sense yeah. of what he didn't understand. Also, he's like, that's when he probably would have come out as gay. Yeah. And Juan would have been... Like, fine. Yeah, fine with Accepting. Him, accepting. Um, uh, shit, I had a different thought in my mind. <laughs> Are you doing great? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, something about Juan... Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> All right. Been, yes. They're surrounded by violence. So it's it's like sort of... Um, it's kind of normal that just people die in that way. Yeah. So... Yeah. Oh, and then I think, well, because it was kind of like, uh, what's that thing? Flash foreshadowing device we learned yeah. about in Mad Max. Oh, it plants us in payoffs. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I think at the end of Little, uh, when Little went to Juan's house to ask him about like, um, am I gay and all that stuff. Um, right before he opened the door, we saw Juan with a with gun. gun yeah. Right. So we knew like. And he was very paranoid about like having the your back to the. Yeah. So it's kind of like those devices are like okay so, like you weren't surprised when he was gone because you can like figure yeah. like okay kind of know Some, yeah. something bad happened to him but even then like and maybe that's just part of when you live in a bad neighborhood that people yeah, just it, die it, especially if you're in like yeah. actually in that life yeah and you're just kind of like oh like it, it happens right so it's like i don't know and also that aspect's minimized i think and i think the movie touches on things like where you don't it seemed it seemed it's seen, sorry, I got stuck. It's seen as a bad thing to show vulnerability and cry. And there's this moment when Kevin and Chiron like talk a little bit about crying and Chiron's like, I feel like I cry all the time. I'm just going to become drops. Yeah, right? beautiful line too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, maybe that's why it's just seem like people, un- they're not underplaying Quan's death. It's just not. Yeah, we, uh, you're not supposed do. to show emotions. Because yeah. um, that's not masculine. That's not masculine, yeah. yeah. But that's where like where the C comes in because the the sort of uh, I don't know why why the, specifically the C does that, mm-hmm. but like the sounds of the waves sort of calms yeah everyone apparently yeah um, and it, it sort of like allows them to be themselves mm-hmm. well that, you know that's when like Sharon is learning how to swim you know yeah. he's like he feels safe yeah. I guess like the water and I think I didn't I don't know if I necessarily picked this up without the reviews but maybe I kind of had a sense that water was significant yeah in the way that it kind of like was very like cleansing therapeutic cathartic yeah for Chiron because it seemed like um it helped 
clear his mind from stuff he had just gone through. Yeah. And when he goes to meet Kevin in the final chapter, it's yeah. uh, he just like looks at, at the cars and then he hears the sort of traffic going by yeah. and it makes the sort of sound of the waves. Yeah. And that's what sort of brings him back because he's with Kevin and mm-hmm. he feels safe, safe again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, beautiful movie. That's a great use of sound, by the way. We just talked about sound design, baby. Um, I don't <laughs> notice a whole lot about sound, but um, I guess the waves were one thing that yeah. was the most, and then the silence, right? The lack of sound, I guess, is yeah, only yeah, part yeah. of sound. When editing. it's like when he's being beat up and yeah. it's just so like a traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah. And that's also like part of the disassociating, like mm-hmm. you know, like this isn't real life. Yeah. Um. Do you have anything to add in this? No. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm having a lot harder of time with this uh, whole recording Maybe thing. Maybe you're just overthinking it. Maybe. Yeah, you're, you're just like, man, just what did I say? Yeah, I'm trying really hard to remember what about, I said. Just say whatever comes to mind. To That's your what mind, I say. yeah. What about those lights, you know? Which lights? The oh, light, yeah. The lights, lights, yeah. yeah. Um, so whenever he has that memory... <laughs> Of his mom yelling at him. We see... It's in the hallway. And we see the door open in the back. And there's these purple, pink, neon lights coming out of there. Yeah. And that's the only time we see lights like those. Normally, like in that house, it's these uh, kind of dimmish yellow lights. Yeah. What what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I think I I talked about how... Because every time we see that scene, it's always just a memory. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think those lights add to that dreamlike state of of that. Like, that's how he sees it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, while it was happening, it was just, like, a, this is going to be ingrained, yeah. I guess. And it, and it is. Yeah. 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 And it, it is, it's also that moment when we first see it is also in that sort of, like, dreamlike style where it's in slow motion. It's just classical music playing. And she's just, like, you know, it kind of feels like it's back in you know reverse time or something um and obviously like we we assume she calls him yeah i talked about how i thought during that scene that she herself is calling him the f word the f word the gay slur because right after that scene is when he goes and asks juan what does it mean yeah but then at later in the movie we see her we see that memory again and she's telling she's yelling him to stop looking at me like that right don't look at me yeah yeah yeah. So whether that means she did call him the slur or not, I think she might have still. Like I still at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, but that's why I think she's not homophobic because she or and why she feels really bad throughout. You know, and it sort of like kept accumulating inside her until she got clean. By the time like she had gray hairs and he was already an adult, and she sort of like man, I, I, it was like almost too late at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That she she got clean. What is she working like a rehab center or something? Yeah. They said that, uh, she said that as long as she works, they'd give her a place to stay. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's very sad. It sucks, man. It, it, that, that life sucks. Yeah, life sucks <laughs> for a lot of people. Yeah, God. Right. Um, what else? What else did we talk about? Um, I kind of feel like... Um, that was almost everything we talked about. You think so? I don't think we talked about anything else. Great, 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 great. Editing? But 
Yeah. Well, you, we yeah we talked about editing very briefly last time, yeah. but you just said, do you remember what you said about editing? No. They should have won for the. Oh yeah. yeah. They should have won. They should have won. Did. Yeah. I think it added so much to the story. Yeah. And I, La La Land won, but that was more like a traditional editing, where like, because it's classic film, it's evo- evo- evoking classic film, and this is like the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. So this is I think has more an artistic approach yeah. to its to its editing. But I also feel like it was more uh, it was carefully thought over. Yeah, in terms of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's like, why, why we're doing, why are we adding this element? To yeah, it? right. So yeah. I thought it did a really good job. Why are we choosing this shot? How, why are we choosing to stay on it for yeah. so long? Why are we making these choppy edits and making the audio mismatch? Like it was all very intentionally done and it adds so much to the story. So I was like, yeah, should have gotten the gold. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. That's great. It was great. That was a great that was, experience. That was a great discussion. Uh, Jasmine would recommend this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would you guys change from this movie? We could just get over this a little quickly. But okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have any thing I would change in this movie. Um, and I think I mentioned yesterday uh, that I feel like because it's such a personal story that I'm like... I don't. I don't know. It's like I don't necessarily know. I'd change anything because it's not my experience. Obviously, I'm not part of like the African American pu- community. I'm not part of the LGBTQ community. So like, this is not as far of, oh, off of what I my understanding lies. Yeah. Right? So I think it's just a good experience to watch it and just be immersed in the story. So I you know I really liked it. I think I think it was very well done. Yeah. I personally wouldn't change anything from this movie either. I said that this movie is what I use as an example for what I think a masterpiece is. Yeah. And I stay by that. Yeah. Same. I wouldn't change a thing. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, what would you guys rate it out of five? Uh, uh, 4.75. <laughs> nice. Strong five out of five. Five out of five. Yep. That sounds great. Well, that's been our discussion on Moonlight. Uh, so a little bit of housekeeping, I guess, little wrap up sort of part of the podcast. Uh, so next week we're going to be watching Lady Bird. Mm-hmm. So you can stick around for that. Uh, again, like we're doing years. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we are did, 2017. Yeah. We're, that's the 2017 movie in case you haven't figured it out and looked at our episode list. That's where we're heading. So, uh, shit. What else do I say? Follow us. You can follow me at Gen Z Cool <laughs> on Twitter. That's all I have. I don't really have anything else. Uh, if you can follow Andres at Andy underscore O three O on Twitter. Yeah, and you can follow Jasmine at. Uh, you can follow me at uh, Senorita Jasmine. Um, I don't post. Yep. But if you'd like, <laughs> I'm the only one that really tweets. Andres is retweeting some stuff right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> some Black Lives Matter stuff. Because we're all SJWs. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And um, I do a lot of that stuff too, by the way, just so you know. Uh, God, I can't. I got to write, write a fucking script for this shit. Um, this episode felt extra off, which, you know, understandably. It just felt very tilted. Yeah. But that's fine. Like, what did that's fine. Say? That's what I was expecting anyway. Yeah. Uh... 
Yeah, please listen to the other episodes. We talk, we've talked about Django, Inside Lewin Davis, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Mad Max Fury Road. Please listen to our other podcasts or chat the chat if you, you know, like this. If you want, if you like cringe. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not edited, those episodes, so you can just, you know, we have a lot of pauses and stuff that it never cut out. Yeah. Uh, we recently talked about what we've been watching in quarantine. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Exciting stuff. I couldn't remember what we did. I was like, I talked about My Hero Academia at one point, but I didn't yeah. remember where. Uh, so, that's it. That's been the podcast. That's it. Make sure to come back next week. Uh, and thanks for listening. Yep. Good night.